On November 2nd, 1975, the body of Italian filmmaker Pier Paolo Pasolini was found on the beach at Ostia. He had been beaten, run over with his own car, and ultimately set on fire. His death came weeks before his final film was to be released. Salo, arguably one of the most vile films ever made, set out to provoke politicians, the armed forces, religious leaders, organized criminals, and the general public. So who do you turn to when seemingly everyone wants you dead? That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God. Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome. My name is Kyle Plouf. My name is Mark Mulcairn. I'm Alejandro Dowley. And you're listening to Death and Entertainment like you didn't already know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this episode is taking us all the way back to November 2nd, 1975, you guys. A lot going on. What a day, what a year, what an era. Yeah. Um, during this time, uh, the popular music going on was Island Girl by Elton John, a hot song. I've never I, even I heard. I can't even picture it. I could that. have heard it. I just, I don't know if I'd have heard it. I'm Sorry by John Denver. I think we're all sorry after he passed away. Another episode. Miracles by- I'm not sorry. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't work on his plane. Well, yeah, he stuck a stick in the spokes. He didn't help save him either, so. Number three, Miracles by Jefferson Starship. Yeah, these are all huge artists, but like they're Z sides. Yeah. And I don't understand <laughs> yeah. how like they're even the top three. I think at this point, this 1975, people are just shitting out the stuff they had left over. All the best songs were like way deep in the catalog. Like uh, number 23 this week was um, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, shit. Yeah. So like it was all these like classic songs, but they were all in like the top 50, not in the top. And this is November 1975. Yeah. Well, you know, the summer and fall have cooled down by this point. You're getting into the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think during the summer, they, they all the hot releases, and then by this time, they're just letting go yeah. whatever was left over. Because yeah. they, they used to release like singles like that. Didn't, don't, do they still do that off of albums? Like Olivia uh, Rodrigo, do they do that? Like, is that <laughs> is there shitty stuff? I thought you were going to say up? Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, <laughs> she's a hot, Very uh, hot actress or uh, singer right now. Anyway, movies, um, Jaws, which had been released in June of 1975, was still number one. Yeah, Jaws still it, number it one. Rushed. Well, they would leave wow. a movie all year round in the theaters at this time. Yeah, so, like, and um, they would it would return to theaters months later after it already had a first run. Right. Yeah. Of note, Rocky Horror Picture Show and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest were released just before and just after his death. Yes. Whose death? The man we're talking about today. Oh, okay. Pier Paolo Pasolini. Oh, that's an interesting the way to, to lay director. out this information. <laughs> yeah. um, um, <laughs> just, just before and just at which one was which? Respectively. Rocky oh, Horror okay. Picture Show came out before. It did not do well. I think it sold like 20,000 tickets. Mm -hmm. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest then became number one uh, two weeks after he died. Okay. Top of the TV charts, All in the Family was number one. 30 million viewers is watching Crazy. All in the Family. Yeah. 
Number two was Rich Man, Poor Man. Isn't That's that the only a one book? I really don't know. I don't oh, know. no, I was thinking oh, Rich of Rich Dad, Dad Poor Dad. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, Laverne and Shoyley. Which is crazy. We were talking about right before this that I didn't even re- – I thought that just became big in like syndication. I didn't know that was like a top TV show at the time. Laverne and Shirley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was huge. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, well, you don't now know I a do. lot of stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, number four was Maud, 25 million viewers. Number five – Be Arthur. Yeah. You Thank know you. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Top 10 kind of gal. There you go. Thank you. Number five, the bionic woman. Number six, Phyllis. I don't know, just Phyllis. Uh, seven was Sanford and Son tied with Rhoda. Wow. Oh, my. Tie at 24.4 million viewers of the tie. Number nine, the $6 million man. And number 10, ABC Monday Night Movie. I loved that movie called Monday Night Movie. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that Sanford and Son was tied with Rhoda. Red Fox duking it out with Valerie Harper. I mean, that's a classic match right there. A lot going on. It's like the rumble in the jungle. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. So now we're entering into the life and death of Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Um, I, I know nothing about this gentleman, except for some of the tidbits you've told me so far. Yeah. I mean, you saw pieces of his work. Yeah. A couple of teasers yeah. was frightening, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> just like <laughs> disturbing. Life is beautiful was pretty good, though. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same. Way different uh, film director. His Pinocchio was a little weird. Though. Yeah. You're thinking oh, of Roberto that- Mussolini. No, not Roberto Mussolini. Roberto Benini. Oddly enough, we're going to talk about Mussolini oh, yeah. today. And we're getting Paninis later. So this is a different guy. <laughs> this guy, uh, he was actually known as a very prolific poet. And so he was very revered in the uh, world of literature and poetry. Pierre. Pierre Paolo Pasolini, yes. Did you have to say his full name every time, or did he sometimes go by PPP, Pierre? PPP, motherfucker. <laughs> I got yes. a PPP loan. It's Pasolini loan. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born March 5th, 1922, and was an Italian film director, poet, writer, and intellectual. He distinguished himself as an actor, journalist, novelist, playwright, and political figure as well. He was a very controversial personality in Italy due to his direct style and his focus on very taboo themes such as sex, death, blah, blah, blah. Mm. What's in the blah, blah, sex, blah death, section? Sex, I death, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it could be torture. We don't know. Oppression, capitalism, fascism. That's the oh, yada, yada, yada. isms. Okay. okay. Yeah. So he was really known as like a poet, like I was saying, he's tons like, of books. Is he like uh, Italy's poet laureate or something like yeah, that? Yeah, pretty much. As a poet, he's just completely beloved by people because obviously the people who are attracted to poetry are the kind of people that he was speaking to anyway. There's no like conservative poets that like talking about Fox News and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Sean Hannity's not going to show up to a poetry slam in Detroit. Yeah. There's no, like, poetry readings at an All Lives Matter rally, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, a lot of people are loving this guy. And so it wasn't until he actually became a filmmaker that he started dealing with people really hating him. Um, It was a huge shock when he went to movies. It's just like Bob Dylan when he stopped playing folk music and went electric. Yeah. Okay. Like, play Freebird. Yeah. 
It's not even out yet. What? <laughs> I didn't even sing that, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's not my song, is, man. Isn't it hand in hand, though? <laughs> it's still an artistic medium going from poetry to movies. Yeah, why did people have that issue? Yeah, think? but I think, like, poetry, it's like coffee shop. We're kind of really, like, getting into it, man. And then, like, movies are more commercial. Yeah, especially at this time, maybe. They're just like very commercialized. And people had in mind maybe big American blockbusters, which were thought of as trash probably in Europe. Yeah, so like not only did his detractors hate him for the themes that he was going through and the stuff that he was saying in his movies, but the people that supported him didn't like it because it was like big business, man. I found some of his poetry here. Oh, do you want to read it? Sure. Do you know Italian? No, it, it translated. <laughs> does he reference cannolis? Um, and uh, does he say, I'm walking ZD? over here? <laughs> anyway, he, do, do you want me to read it? <laughs> yeah, go right. for it. Um, Marron. Roses are red, violets are blue. What's with all the pizza in here? Nice. Come on! <laughs> oh. Whoa. Okay, um, after much weeping in secret and in front of you, after having staged many acts of desperation, you made the final decision to surrender. Oh. Thank you. That one's called Hold the Marinara. <laughs> <laughs> when I speak to you, you tell me no, and I tremble with disgust and fury. I'm trembling with disgust right now. At the thought of our unforgettable happy hours. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I could see why he didn't want to do poetry anymore. It, movies are way. Yeah, more he fun. really milked it for all that it was worth. Yeah, he like I could. There's no more poetry for me to say. Yeah, at a certain point, you're just like, if you're at the top of your game, you gotta get out. He ran out of things to rhyme. He's <laughs> <laughs> like spaghetti, confetti. <laughs> We're yeah. all family here. Yeah, my own, my own. I'm walking my here. Own, my own. <laughs> So his social political outlook when it came to his work, like obviously on the surface, he dealt with sex and death, which is like the two biggest things that he would really go over. But that's really like surface level things that were just happening there. What made him more provocative was he really dove headfirst into capitalism, oppression and fascism. As soon as you look at his childhood, it's pretty easy to see why. In 1926, Pasolini's father was arrested for gambling debts. So his dad was like trying to take the easy way out. Like I've been through this before where you think that gambling and winning money quick is like the way to get around, like having to work very hard. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to work every day. Eight yeah. Hours. It is a way to get around it if you win. Not possible in the long term anyway. So his father was arrested. But what was crazy is that his dad was a lieutenant in the Italian army, which was like very obviously fascism based. Mm hmm. As soon as he was arrested, his mother left with the kids to her family's region of Italy, which was the Friuli region of Italy. Ah, Friuli. Friuli. Welcome to Friuli. <laughs> They're Irish over there. Oh, welcome to Friuli. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't believe his dad went to jail. Um, they let him go back to the army. And later that same year, his father first detained and then identified Antonio Zamboni the first man to clean an ice after a hockey yeah. game. <laughs> this was a 15-year-old kid. It's super fucked up. He, like, 
arrested him and identified him as the would-be assassin of Benito Mussolini. Who? A wow. young Benito Mussolini. Yes. Or younger. Yeah. And so word on the street is that his father was really persuaded by the, <laughs> this article said the virtues of fascism, which virtues, I think, is a very um, yeah. strong word. Well, they, everyone talks about killing baby Hitler. No one talks about killing baby Mussolini. Yeah. But he wasn't a baby here. But I just want to make I, I believe comparison. Mussolini had a higher death count, too. I might be wrong. Really? I might be wrong. Hmm. Mussolini death count? Yeah. Can we get the death <laughs> count? I'm, I'm Dictator death up. count? Who killed more people, Mussolini or Hitler? <laughs> too dark for Siri. It doesn't come up right away. For even historians of the Holocaust generally take for granted that Stalin... Oh, Stalin was the worst. Stalin, well, Stalin killed more yeah. people than yeah. Hitler. Yeah, no, no, it's not. I don't think it's Mussolini possible. killed five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's well, the, the that's not right. I was more, thinking of Stalin two million in my head. or more. Hitler. Yeah. yeah, Hitler just had more access to people because he had those countries on the east, west, north. Yeah, he had it easy. Yeah, <laughs> easy access. Hitler, they called him. Mussolini was an underachiever. Yeah, apparently. So yeah, on October thirty first, nineteen twenty six, somebody shot a bullet at Mussolini who was riding in an open car through Bologna. Is that next to Stanconia? I've been to Bologna before. Have you? Yeah, it's like a college town in Italy. Really? Yeah. They're playing flip cup and stuff, but, but with the marinara sauce. I <laughs> I think I ate some pasta and walked around. Really? <laughs> it was on the way to Rome. So anyway, I didn't see anyone get shot. Yeah. Well, he didn't even get shot. He got shot at. And then... Pasolini's dad was like, hey, it's this 15-year-old kid, and grabbed the kid and brought him to prison, and they ended up killing this kid. Really? Yeah. Jeez. And he didn't even do it. Zamboni. Wait, Antonio Zamboni is the kid? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sorry, Anteo Zamboni. Oh. Anteo. I uh, clean out your eyes for you. (laughs) That's my Italian accent. My spaghetti. My spaghetti. Yeah, so J. Bauer Bell, who is a terrorism specialist, wrote that the boy was most likely innocent and the affair was either a put-up job or a plot between fascists. The affair? The affair meaning like the attempted murder? Yeah. I was trying to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in Italy, you assume there's like yeah. some romance involved. Yeah, somebody's getting Someone's fucked. Someone's getting fucked, yeah. yeah. And it was this kid, apparently. This kid. Yeah, the Zamboni. Oof. Yeah, he got iced. Um <laughs> Come on. Zing, 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 zing. Jeez, Can we get a sound kid. effect for that? My wife. So this actual attempt, this murder attempt, resulted in the creation of Mussolini's secret police, which was the precursor to the German Gestapo. So imagine this dude, Pier Paolo Pasolini, his father was a lieutenant who was a gambling addict and like after getting arrested was just trying to make good and impress his you know, superiors, uh, when there was a, a murder attempt, mm. he's like, I know who did it. I got him. Let's kill him. They kill him. And then they think that's such a scary thing that happened to our leader that we need to get a secret police that is going to go around. And literally, they they were called the OVRA. And the OVRA. The OVRA. Yeah. OVRA. So kind of a little too much, just like the Hitler had the SS, which is very quick. You just say yeah. <laughs> the Organization for Vigilance and Repression of Anti Fascism. Their marketing wasn't as little good as the Nazis. Yeah. 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 Gestapo is much easier to say. Well, the Nazis in general, you know, they had Lenny Riefenstahl. And, yeah. Yeah. They had a and they had, they had the dream a, team. An artist himself. <laughs> uh, well, the dream yeah, team they might were doing be. doing windmill dunks on everybody. Athlete Bailey of uh, World War II era PR people. 
Yeah. We'll call it that. Is that a bad thing to say? No, that's good. I don't want to color you know, <laughs> Spider-Man the wrong way, but they were like the marvel of, you know, marketing. Oh, oh well, we don't want to get involved yeah. with those. Turn we don't want to tango with them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was like one of the major catalysts for why he has his outlook in the world. Never mind. Yeah. Just So this inspired work. like his... An outlook of anti-fascist, yeah. anti-oppression. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what his dad was fighting for. He was like, fuck all that shit. So the classic doesn't want to be his dad. Yeah. Get yeah. out of my room, dad. That's, that's how, that boils down to every single story. Yeah. yeah. And then they wind up being their dad. Uh, A little bit different here, maybe. But yeah. might, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Because not only was he against all this stuff, like he was against just a lot of what mainstream <laughs> Italy was, you know, in favor of, which is fascism and, you know, buckling well, they, they down did and, vote in Mussolini. Yeah. Italy at this time also had like a very weird government setup. So they have obviously Mussolini, who's the dictator, but they had a king at the time, too. Like, I didn't realize they that had a king. They, they had, had a like king. a leftover monarchy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. What um, was the king's name? King of Italy. Uh, Victor Emmanuel III of Italy. And he was king from the 20s through the 30s until the 40s. And he died December 28th, 1947. So it's just like a really weird thing that like not even too long before we were born, Italy still had a friggin' king. No, but that is crazy. Like, well, you know, England still has a fucking king kind of yeah, but, monarchy. Yeah, but they're like the most obvious one. You think of like all everything else is being, it's just but being But at like this time a, in Italy, they have a pope, they have a king, and they have like a prime minister. We're going to talk about the prime minister too in a little bit. But that was something that like was weird to me that I thought the prime minister was just mostly political, but they were the ones charging him with crimes. Yeah, because I thought they had a president. Uh, like Berlusconi was the president of Italy, but maybe they do now. I think they do. Okay, so I think. So think they've gone through a lot of changes since like World War II. I'm sure. Yeah. Are we going to sound stupid? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of it is. I think maybe there yeah. was a prime minister that the least educated yeah, Italy president project. Sergio Mattarella. Yeah. Okay, so they have a president and Sergio a prime Mozzarella. Minister. Hey, Mattarella. Yeah, get in line over here. I'm the president. <laughs> and then the prime minister is their prime minister. Mario Draghi. Oh, so there's a prime minister. I'm the prime minister. And Give me the macaroni. President. Yeah. Yeah, and then England has the prime minister and mm. the king, but no president. No president. So of the president and the prime minister, obviously the president has more power. I guess. So. But I, at that time, you know, in the 40s, the, who has more power, the prime minister or the king? No, but I'm saying it could have changed after World the, War II. Mussolini. There, the yeah, dictator. Yeah, he, he just decided, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be, you know, any of this bullshit, you know, titles. Wow. I want to be the fucking Mussolini. Duh. <laughs> so the we're, dad. We're learning about how he's forming his worldview, you know? Okay. Um. So we talked about his dad, the Gestapo. He was the uh, originator of the Gestapo pretty much. So his dad would have, if he was in Germany, he would have gladly joined the SS. Oh, yeah. He was the SS of Italy, of Italy for yeah. sure. So his dad, you know, he's a kind of a failure in like those um, kind of people. They feed off that type of person who's like a failed, you name it. Yeah. So next thing you know, like, hey, why don't I just go and be a fascist and like kill people? That's, I failed at everything else. That's literally <laughs> how like they get the people for what the Islamic Brotherhood or whatever. Yeah. ISIS, all that shit. Yeah, like used car salesmen that can <laughs> make enough money or something. Yeah. 
And so one of the final things that kind of formed what he was doing, this guy, uh, Marcelo Alisi, he was a public figure. He got in trouble for stealing tires around Italy. But he you couldn't went, find anything better to steal. That's a yeah. good. That's a good racket. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> run after that guy. He just took our tire. But he was clearly um, a very. I'm like, so hungry. I gonna need to steal some good years. Yeah. <laughs> he was clearly like a very mentally ill person, and um, <laughs> I brought home another tire for dinner. I get fire stone at this <laughs> daddy. <laughs> daddy, you have to. We told you to take bread. Yeah. Not a tire. <laughs> I I keep forgetting, and I grab tires. I think mentally there is something going on in my head where I see no difference between tires and the bread. But oh well, we we eat anyway. Yeah, uh, we eat to the tire. Grab the, <laughs> yeah. the marinara. Yeah, put grab. some ragu on the tire. <laughs> there's a bread and there's a chewy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a choking on this bread. <laughs> it doesn't mommy. go down the way you think it would. <laughs> oh, mommy, grab the air pump. My tire's a little bit flatter. I need a surgery to get the, the bread out of my stomach. That's a spicy uh, tire. <laughs> That's a good year. It's good with the Parmesan cheese on it. Uh, fuck. So this dude was actually either killed or like set up to die in prison. And it was like a super public thing. So there was an article written by Wu Ming in 2016 about Pasolini and like one of the things that really affected him. And it was the death of this guy who was mentally ill and was killed in prison. The solitary agony and death of Marcello Alisi would run deep in Pasolini and would inspire the ending of his second movie, Mama Roma, in 1962. But in 1959, when this happened, Pasolini is not yet a filmmaker. He's 37 years old and has written collections of poetry and two novels that have caused uproar. He's already gone through arrests, charges, and trials. The prime minister's cabinet was directly involved in one of his books, Censorship. Nevertheless, this is nothing compared to the fascist stalking, police, and judicial mobbing and media lynching this man is about to endure. Jeez. So, like, at this point, he's about to go into filmmaking. One of his big first criticisms was uh, regarding his views of the student movement versus fascism as a whole. And, like, they had a standoff with the police a bunch of college students versus the police. And Pasolini was like really disgusted by it because he viewed college kids as like the bourgeoisie. They were the kids of like the rich people. And he was just like, Ugh, you pussies. So right. they're like elitist, but you know, they, their heads in the right place as far as fascism go, but he still like hates them. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. Um, so addressing the students, he tells them, quote, unlike the international news media, which has been reporting on them, he will not flatter them. He points out that they are children of the bourgeoisie. Mm. Quote, you have faces of daddy's boys. I hate you like I hate your dads. <laughs> Boy, ah. he, he really had it in for his father, huh? Yeah, exactly. And then he says, when you and the policemen were throwing punches yesterday, I was sympathizing with the policemen. And so Jeez. people thought that he was like pro-fascism then. And they were like, well, what are you talking about? And there was like a huge uproar, but he actually explains it in a clip and it's really nuanced. Like he hates the bourgeoisie, obviously, because he sees that, you know, that's like the elitist ruling class kind of yeah. like people like that. And then their kids always the have one this, percenters, if one you percenters, will. their kids are like these woke people who will turn into them anyway, but are pretending when they're younger that they're these activist they people and they care. So he explains that his sympathy for the police was because policemen are children of the poor and they're fighting rich people's wars, Ooh. which is... He's like a Blue Lives Matter know. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kinda. Blue 
All those who criticized my poem had to continually backtrack on the occasion of the death of a policeman killed either by the police, the fascists, or communists. His death brought out exactly what I had said. Power has two ways of bringing about a racist hatred against the poor. The first point, leave them poor and the poor person comes to be hated. Make them policemen and they're accused of being killers. The moment a poor person becomes a killer, he's open to racist hatred. This is horrible. We shouldn't experience this. I'm obviously against the police. It's the arm upon which every power structure is built. And a power structure always tends towards the right. I do, however, refuse to share in any type of racial hatred. He seems very confused, like, where's politics lie? There's all, all these kind of things going on. He doesn't yeah. know where he stands. That's one of his biggest criticisms. Literally right before that, they say, Pasolini has never come up with a clear idea of his politics or whatever. Yeah, he has his ideologies, which is, like, in between, like, 18 different things, but he doesn't have his own. Well, he comes out as, like, a... A gay guy first, but uh, <laughs> he is gay. Does um, he come out as gay like in the public? Yeah. he's uh, So he's always been like that. Yeah. And in Italy, it's not really seen as like that big of a deal mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I think it was because he, I mean, it was the the age of the people he was hooking up with at first. He got in trouble. That's right a after different this. issue, though. Yeah. yeah. They were 16 and he was pretty much saying like, these are just people trying to destroy me because I'm gay. And the other people were like, no, nah, it's because they were 16. <laughs> They're talking about the age then. He was like detractors. trying to, he was vouching for like separation of church and state. He's like, you guys are just saying this because you're religious. But who are you guys? Dictate your religion. You, is this the Catholic Church or something? Who's or saying this, like this government guy? People? The government. So he was arrested, caught with an underage yeah. guy. And then based on that arrest, he was saying it was motivated by homophobia. Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm wondering if there's an actual age of consent in Italy because it's not, you know, it's not 18 everywhere. I don't know. I'm not trying to... Especially know, back in the 60s. Who knows? Justifying that. You want me to look it up? I'm just curious. <laughs> Age of consent in the yeah. 60s. <laughs> that automatically goes to the police. No, but what was he arrested for, though, officially? Uh, That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Was it because of the underage? Yeah. Or was it because it was another man? Or was he stealing tires while he was having sex? Yeah. I don't think anything came of it. The age of consent in Italy is 14 years old. Bless you. Oh, God, I... oh, so he was good. Oh, yeah, that's right. what I was wondering. The so... age of consent in Italy is 14 years old. But... Individuals who are 13 or younger are not legally permitted to consent to sexual activity. Yeah, so if it was legal, then that's what he was pissed off about because he was saying, like, you're just coming after me because I'm gay. Yeah. Could be. It just seems like he has a lot of things to say, but when things come at him, he has yeah. all these dodges and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, the Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. He seems to be complaining based on what he um, assumes is coming at him, which is homophobia and stuff, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Maybe, yeah. maybe it is. I don't know. Italy during this time, it's p- kind of post-fascism, you know? It, it, it really is. Here it says same-sex sexual activity has been legal in Italy since 1890. Oh, wow. So it was not illegal. Well, they definitely have it in their past, let's be honest. Like, you know, Aristotle and all those kind of great thinkers of the of the elder age. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, some <laughs> sons of Italy. Aristotle was <laughs> yeah. butt-fucking. <laughs> yeah, some sons of Italy group or something, you know, is going to come. Like, remember in Sopranos, when the Columbus Day, you know, they yeah. came oh, after them. I'm going to get like that at my doorstep. 
It's going to be like Silvio yeah, and to- some goons. That, that episode was Tony's like. It's anti-Italian sentiment. I like, tell what, you. what are you saying about Columbus? Yeah. The Cuomo brothers and uh, Mario and Luigi are going to be at my doorstep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, during his entire professional life, he was always in court anyway. He had 33 lawsuits filed against him. This having to do, obviously, with his art. He was charged with public disgrace, foul language, obscenity, pornography, contempt of religion, contempt of the state, and many more. So were the movies that kind of obviously you told me you know uh, it would they were pretty grotesque, but are they that seriously like they hideous? work? They work up to it. So question for you guys: He was charged thirty three times, and with you know um, how Italy is. Out of 33, like, what do you think the percentage of him being actually found guilty of all these things are? A hundred percent. Zero percent. Zero percent. I knew it was one of those. (laughs) He was always acquitted, um, which is crazy. I guess that makes sense. The Teflon Poet Laureate. Teflon Don. If he was uh, found guilty 33 times, I I think he'd be in jail the rest of his life. That is true. Um, But he was also killed very quickly. Whoa. So. Don't give it away. Um, I mean, it is called death and entertainment. Yeah, somebody's got to die. Where's the entertainment part of this episode? Ooh, <laughs> we're waiting for it. Yeah. Um, his first movie, if we're t- going on like offensiveness, he jumps right into things that shitty, w- shitty, bang, bang. It would offend anybody you would think is like your aunt or whatever, but like times 10. People who are very religious that uh, wouldn't want to be seeing things like um, the first movie was Akatone. Akatone! Pasolini's first film as a director. And, and what year was this? Um, 1960 or one. Jeez. Okay, so this is the early 60s. Early 60s. Yeah, because his second movie was 1962. So it was 1960 or 61. It had a bunch of trademark Pasolini characteristics. Like he had a cast of non-professional actors hailing from where the movie is set instead of getting like a bunch of high value people that you need to pay and blah, 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 blah. And the thematic emphasis was on impoverished individuals. It was just about this guy who was named Akatone, which means beggar in Italian. And he was a pimp and he was working until his prostitute was captured by his rivals and then sent to prison. This was based on a video game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> no, Grand Theft Akatoni. It was turned into a video game. Yeah. Grand Theft Tire. Um, and incidentally, I guess... Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Space Invaders was based on that movie. Okay, go ahead. Hello! <laughs> Hello! Um, goodbye? <laughs> so this guy, Akatone, his prostitute, his income, gets captured by his rivals, sent to prison... And then he has no way to work and he doesn't want to work himself. So he finds this woman and he's just like, you know what? How about you be a prostitute? And she's like, sure. And he throws her in a car with this guy. And then as soon as the guy starts like trying to hook up with her, she gets out of the car, runs away. And so he's like, you know what? I'll be with you. I'll financially support you. And he goes to make an honest living and works one day and then quits. And then he has a bizarre vision of his own death. So he goes back to stealing with his buddies and then mm. gets killed in a traffic accident when he's trying to evade the police on a stolen motorcycle. I can just picture this guy in like a coffee bean writing this like script <laughs> and stuff. And like, where is he getting this dark, dark shit? These yeah. turns are just like crazy. So that's his first movie. And of course, it's like a super Christian nation, Catholic. Like the dude's dad was practically a Nazi. Yeah. I mean, he has a dark vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
from then he goes to Mama Rosa, which is a movie all about thieves and prostitutes. After that, he goes to Gospel According to St. Matthew, which is about the oppression, murder, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, that sounds kind of safe. Yeah. Passion um, of the Christ. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's like Michelangelo. He's doing like religious pieces. Right. And then he has the Canterbury Tales and Arabian Nights, which we've all heard of, read, or seen. Mm -hmm. They're my favorite. Um, the last movie he ever made was Salo, or The 120 Days of Sodom, which is highly regarded as one of the most disturbing movies ever made. This is a family movie. So the film focuses on four wealthy, corrupt Italian libertines in the time of fascist uh, Republic of Salo, which the Republic of Salo is the Italian social republic. A lot of bad shit going on. They kidnap 18 teenagers and force them to four months of extreme violence, sadism, and sexual as well as psychological torture. Hmm. Um, the film explores themes of political corruption, consumerism, authoritarianism, nihilism, morality, capitalism, totalitarianism. Okay, they're saying all this, but like when you watch the movie, you're not really getting that. Yeah. You're pretty much just seeing people get tortured and eat shit and then get murdered. And you're not thinking of all these themes of totality. You know, you know, you're not no. thinking of like a like a high minded, you know, f philosophical thing. Right, because that's the thing with this movie is like I only got that after I listened to interviews with him after being like, well, this is what it was really about. Because yeah. on paper, this is really just a snuff film. Yeah. It's horrible. Well, it's you saw like three seconds and almost puked. Yeah, I'm like, this is a, I'm not that guy that likes those movies. Like yeah. Lars von Trier, I can tolerate some of his movies, but some of them- That's like, a different thing, though. <laughs> they're not like eating feces and Lars no, von Trier No, I, I know. You're, yeah, well, they had to yes, eat you're the right. They're, they're two different filmmakers. You are correct there. Um, <laughs> no, but, but it's, not, it's not- Yeah, okay. Go no, ahead. I, I was just trying to say a thought. Um, yeah. I was just saying that Lars von Trier is that guy that wants to- you know, hit you over the head with all these horrible things about has, world, and that's great. But like, it it boils down to this guy's a maniac who wants to, you know, make people's lives awful. Yeah, make people eat the. Poo -poo. That's my. That's my. That's Mark's two cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, certainly quite a two cents over here with Maki two pennies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll give you my two pennies. It's, I got my. I got one. My left and my right here. Here's my two pennies. It ain't worth anything more than two cents. <laughs> How dare you talk about Lars von Trier? And yeah, wow, <laughs> Doctor Contrarian, would you like to have a counterpoint? Uh, <laughs> no, the counterpoint is he's not looking to make you feel awful. I think he is. I I disagree with you. I disagree. It, and if you are, it's you know, it's to find a greater truth. Well, okay. that's what this is. This guy's trying to say too. Pasolini's not trying to make people feel awful. Yeah. And on its base level, it's a movie where they capture war criminals, correct? Uh, yeah. And that's who they're torturing. Yeah. Bad people. So these people- No. These people not, are not guilty in any way. No, they're innocent oh. children. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. No. Okay. No. It's very disturbing. So it's like bad people up to bad things. Bad people yeah. up to very bad things. And like, there's this big scene at the beginning where, you know, they're ripping people off the street. They're putting them in the trucks. They're driving through the backwoods and then end up at this like glorious estate. So it seems like they might be taken care of. And then they get brought out onto the lawn and all the fascists like come out onto it's like a scene from a Vita where she's like, don't cry for me, Argentina out the window or whatever. And these guys are just like standing over them from the window being like, you know, laying the ground rules mm -hmm. being like, you're here for us. You're going to eat when we tell you to eat. You're going to bathe when we tell you to bathe. You're going to sleep when we tell you to sleep. You're going to fuck when we want you to fuck. Hey and if you try to leave, we're going to kill you. And they're all children. 
And they're like children, underage. They're children of the wealthy or of the bourgeoisie, as you called it before? I think no. they're poor. And so they're all like beaten down anyway. And so maybe that that's what I would take from it, I guess, is that that's how society is. is he was trying to illustrate That's what them. he wants you to think. Yeah. yeah. So like th- I only got that after. He's, he's Wait, like, what, what is he trying to say? It's like an allegory. For, it's like he's giving you what life actually gives us. Where you can't beat evil. No. They're in charge and they're going to dictate how you live, what you eat, what you consume, and pretty much how you die. Interesting. And get off on it the whole. But there's way. no free will in which these people are able to run off of this kind of like this estate. No, yeah, the people who try to get out of it get killed immediately, um, sure. and then one person who protests gets killed yeah. right away. So is this they a snuff out? Is this a major everything. blockbuster? This movie? Uh, no. <laughs> it's not like Jaws where yeah. it played until yeah. November. Number one. Yeah, until 1985. Uh, no. So like, I think that was oddly one of his missions for this movie. And he never said that. But in my head, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so if this guy hates commercialism that much and capitalism, why not make a movie that's so disturbing and so disgusting that tells the truth in his head uh, that's also not commercially viable? Hmm. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that does a movie, one for the studio and one for him. He just yeah. seems like he does all of them for no one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it for me. Yeah. He did Salo. This one for me. Salo, then The Untouchables. And- yeah. <laughs> so this is the scene I was telling you that, you know, they just rounded everybody up. They put them in trucks. Now these are the fascists that are getting out of the car and heading up to the estate. For some fun and relaxation. Yeah, you know. They have their servants here that these wow. are like the they look demonic. These are like the the, the Maxwells no. of the operation. Um, they get yeah. the girls like feeling like they can trust them and they betray their trust the entire way. So these are the victims they're leading in. Mm-hmm. Look at those old Roman buildings they got there. That's like where Mussolini would speak. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. They look like fascists. Yeah. You're saying you're herded feeble creatures. This is the Evita scene you were talking about. Don't expect to find the freedom you were granted in the outside world. You are beyond the reach of any legality. Nobody knows you're here. Really scaring the fuck out of them. Tonight, never-ending breadsticks. (laughs) You are not family here. Jesus. I think I'd rather be there, though, than the Olive Garden. Hello. The company will assemble in the Hall of Orgies. At least here you really are family. Or you're not. You might get something good to eat here. Yeah, yeah, piece of shit. <laughs> oh, she looks nice. God, these, the fascists just look grotesque. This is like a Wes Anderson movie. Like a dark Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, they're really gross. God, they look like Satanists. Yeah. After dinner, the gentlemen would conduct the so-called orgies. Well, this is what I feel like he's trying to say, like, we are living in our own kind of like, you know, uh, torture chamber like this. We could leave, but we don't. Well, they make it very clear that if you try to go, you'll you'll die. Yeah, there's snipers on the roof. Oh, never mind. Yeah, they're told you're fucked. You're here and you're ours and there's nothing you can do. They looked really, really 
evil. Yeah, it's an uplifting way to. Yeah. Um, it's like a bed and breakfast in uh, Italy there. Yeah, and then. They scowl at you until you die. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, so yeah, this movie premiered at the Paris Film Festival on November 23rd, 1975, and had a brief theatrical run in Italy before being banned in January of 1976. So it was literally less than uh, less than two months, just barely over a month. And I imagine at the film festival, it got quite a reaction. Yeah. Yeah, did it go for, to Venice or Cannes? No. Did it go to the Poughkeepsie? <laughs> it's, it's the original Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah. It went to the Catskills Film Festival. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Aiello. Oh, I'm in a movie this year. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie premiered on uh, November 23rd, but he was killed on November 2nd. So he didn't even get to see like really this movie in theaters with people seeing it. So he didn't get to see the reaction in the room, which probably wasn't good anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he, did he want to see people puking out their pasta on the walls or yeah. something? Like, what did he want to say? I guess. Okay. So he never saw any release or public showing or anything no. of his movie. No. Um, kind of like Adrian Shelley. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly. Very similar. Uh, episode three. Callback. Callback. Mm-hmm. Also, Adrian Shelley was killed on November 1st. This guy, November 2nd. Holy November 1st shit. is my birthday, also. Wow. All oh my same God. Day, That's so true. November 2nd was um, another day. I don't know. And both, <laughs> <laughs> and both movies involved eating a pie. Yeah. Yeah. One pie of shit, one pie of. Yeah. One pie of <laughs> don't <apples>. they eat <laughs> crap well, in this poopy movie? Pie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they sure do. Pasolini, so he was assassinated, and so they knew like immediately this dude was murdered because it was I'm a dead. I'm a dead. <laughs> uh, Pasolini, he was assassinated on November 2nd, 1975, on the beach at Ostia. He had been run over several times by his own car, which Oof. is fucked up. Um, That's not a day at the beach, if you ask me. Hey, come on, gay. Uh, multiple bones were broken, <laughs> and I don't know if this is too much to share, but- they know it. His testicles were crushed in a separate incident. Oh. So this is the thing. What they know about his death is that... There were no tire marks on the testicles. He was severely beaten. There were fingerprints. Yeah. Um, were they Goodyear tires? There was a metal bar between his legs. <laughs> there was? Yeah. So he was crushed in the nuts with a metal bar. Really? So he had been beaten, thrown on the ground, nuts crushed, run over with a car, and then... Wait for it. Set on fire after that. I hate when this happens. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Hey, it's a lot. It's a tough day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Check, please. Yeah. So the autopsy revealed that his body had been burned with gasoline after his death. After? Yeah. The crime was long viewed as a mafia-style revenge killing, one extremely unlikely to have been carried out by only one person. Hmm. And what would the mafia want to do with him? I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, there was one person that was arrested for it. This kid, uh, Giuseppe Pino Pelosi. Uh, he was 17 years <laughs> Any old. Any relation to Nancy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be. Um, Speaker of the house. <laughs> so he was 17 years old and was a child prostitute. There's no nice way to put that. You know? Later, yeah. I mean, but actually, he was 17. If the age of consent is 14, then he was a grown man prostitute. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. He was an of-age prostitute. Yeah. So he was caught driving Pasolini's car after Pasolini was found dead and confessed to the murder. So he was put on trial, convicted in 1976. Initially, with the um, on the judgment, he was also guilty with unknown others, was in quotes. But this phrase was later removed from the verdict. 
So the the movie that uh, there was a movie that came out in 2014 with Willem Dafoe, uh, who actually plays Pasolini, and they kind of went over the last days of his life. That's good casting. Yeah, it was pretty good. You never know. Like we don't know what Pasolini really looks. I don't know what he looked like. Um, he doesn't was, look like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, okay, that's what I was saying. Because Willem Dafoe, like some Italians can be blonde, but most yeah. of them are not. Yeah, he doesn't look like them. Was he weird in it? Well, what, when is Willem Dafoe not weird? <laughs> yeah, I think he was weird. <laughs> yeah, they, that's what they get him for. You yeah. know, if they get Willem exactly. Dafoe, he's not weird. Just the like, gas. They return him. <laughs> he was probably pretty strange in the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, playing a, a gay anti-fascist in nineteen <laughs> sixties yeah. Italy. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> David Lynch is like that's practically a rom com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's different theories. Um, the th- first theory was that you know obviously they caught the right guy. Um, mm-hmm. Because he confessed to the murder, but 29 years later, on May 7th, 2005, Pelosi retracted his confession. He said he only confessed under the threat of violence to his family. Shit. He claimed that three people with a southern accent had committed the murder, insulting Pasolini as a dirty communist. So that's one of the things. Is like he was sought out by people who didn't agree with his intellectual. And for the for the listeners out there, ideas. southern Italian accent. That's what was one thing I, uh, yeah, I didn't really get. The South is the South everywhere. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah, Yeah, they call everyone communist, even even though they don't know what communist means. Um, So that was in 2005 when he retracted his confession. So that's 29 years later. Um, He didn't want to do it like after one year Five years. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna not. wait I'm gonna wait this out. Twenty nine <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> One day he wakes up, he's having his breakfast, <laughs> coffee, got the paper out. He's like, I'm going to tell the truth today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is odd because in two thousand five there was other evidence actually uncovered that Pasolini had been murdered by an extortionist. Um, testimony by his friend Sergio Citi indicated that some of the roles of film for Salo had been stolen and that Pasolini planned to meet with the thieves on November 2nd, 1975, the day that he was killed. Did he have money? Yeah. He was wealthy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had money for sure. Um, CT's investigation uncovered additional evidence, including a bloody wooden stick and eyewitnesses who said he saw a group of men pull Pasolini from the car. The Rome police reopened the case after Pelosi's retraction, but the judges responsible for the investigation found that the new elements were insufficient to justify a continued inquiry. Sure. Having a bloody wooden stick? Yeah. You find that in someone's car. It's like you can't explain <laughs> that away. Like, hey Murray, what do you got that bloody wooden stick yeah, for? And that's right. Mind your business, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know to clean the windows. Anyway, yeah. where are we going bowling? That's why it has half a testicle on it. <laughs> It's a flute. Anyway, you didn't see anything. <laughs> so this is definitely the mafia like shutting down everything here. They're, they're controlling all of these strings here. Yeah. It could like. be because there really were uh, rolls of film that did get stolen from that movie. Yeah. So like they don't mm. know if it, they were trying to extort him or they were actually like I think so it was disgusted both. by I the think movie. It was both. I think they're using the fact that, oh, yeah, we care about, you know, the... You know, uh, the nastiness of this movie, which is why we're extorting this guy. No, they just want his money. Yeah. And they're using this as an excuse. Yeah. So in the movie that Willem Dafoe played Pasolini in, uh, the movie suggested, not suggested, but it showed that he was killed for being caught being romantic with that 17-year-old kid. Oh, geez. The uh, one that was charged with his murder. Yes. Okay. So 
the way that they show it. He did 29 fucking years. Or he did his entire life in jail. Yeah, he did another 12 years till he died after that. For being extorted. Yeah, he died in 2017. Well, at least he got out of jail finally. (laughs) Get out of jail free, God. Death. (laughs) I die, so I live in the jail. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. This is why I don't really know about this part, because uh, in the movie, Willem Dafoe is like, you know, starting to hook up with this kid on the beach, and then a group of homophobes see it and they are like you quiz and they beat That's the shit it takes place in southern boston yeah exactly it takes place in framingham by yeah. the way ben affleck shows up hey he's a queer grab yeah. him <laughs> let's throw a dunkin donuts cup on his head <laughs> It's my daughter in there. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's two guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is my Pasolini in there? <laughs> he, Tim Robbins plays the kid in it, like yeah. Mystic River. With the worst <laughs> Boston accent ever. <laughs> hey, Dawn. I'm Tim Robbins. They're thinking about vampires. <laughs> I've been thinking about vampires. And the Oscar goes to Tim Robbins. Uh, I don't know if I killed him or her. <laughs> So the movie, like, it gives you an idea of possibly something that happened, but, like, they also just showed the kid getting freaked out, and after Pasolini gets beaten to within an inch of his life, the guys, like, kind of run away, and the kid freaks out and drives off and runs him over. So it was almost like an accident. (laughs) He's like, is this reverse or forward? Then he's like, ow! Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the Boston Marathon bombing where the kid ran over his own brother because he was just trying to get out of there. Oh, right, right, right. So, like, he's just, you know... Yeah, well, you just freaked Escaping. out at that time. You just don't uh, even know if you're going. That makes sense. Yeah, but the movie, the, the movie doesn't cover him being burned to death after that. It was pretty much just like he got beat up and then run over, and that was it. Yeah. So it was the Tarantino version. Yeah. The happy, the happy <laughs> ending. Yeah. <laughs> He's only yeah. murdered and beaten. He's not burned. Right. Well, it's just you can't really take it as gospel. It's just like, oh, this is the like, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Once upon a time in Bologna. Hey. <laughs> and then the final kind of theory that people have is that this 17-year-old kid set him up because he knew he was a rich director and it was a robbery gone wrong or something like that. Still highly contested, we don't know. It's kind of like the waitress one. We, yeah, I was just we thinking don't that. really there's like 18 different things. Yeah. We have a main suspect who's in jail, but we still don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, cuz they in this movie they just try to make it seem like it it was happenstance, like these guys just kind of saw it and was, they yeah, were disgusted. It seemed like an, everything's an inside job. Yeah. Like usually when they, it's just not happenstance, these people just like, "Hey, we don't let, you know, it's it's definitely they knew he had money, they knew he was going to be. This kid was involved. So that's why he didn't feel that bad. Doing 29 years in life to, you know, because yeah. he had something to do with it. He was not the main perpetrator. How do the, you know he didn't feel that bad? I don't know. I, that's I, I, I assume because he, he did time and he was involved and he did lead to this guy being burned to death and this, this horrific death. It is odd that it would take 29 years for him to be like, no, nah, they made me say it. Yeah. Like, yeah. why, why take well, so long? Well, obviously his family got older. Yeah, Adam, there's a lot of circumstances there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it was not the movie. What's it called again? Pasolini? No, the movie. Pasolini? The no. other movie. <laughs> Solo. Okay. Solo. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Pasolini? <laughs> Pasolini, Pasolini. Mr. Pasolini, Mr. Pasolini. <laughs> Pasolini, yeah, remember that song? Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. 
Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Mr. Bob Dabalina. That was like a sixth grade uh, Catholic dance for me, just dancing that over and over. And hey, Pasolini. Right? So, um, <laughs> get out of here. This, <laughs> get in here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> did we lose your train of thought? No. So, the murder was not because of Salo, the movie. It, it wasn't. It be- very well could be. Rolls of film of Salo were stolen from the uh, post-production house, and he was going to pick up the stolen footage because he didn't want other people having it. So it and, could have been people that didn't like what he was doing. Exactly. Yeah, So and it's weird because he had planned to meet the thieves on November 2nd, 1975. Hmm. That's the day he was killed. So that's pretty much it. We don't know uh, what 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 actually. All right, bye. Mystery. What actually happened? It is a mystery. It, it is interesting that he was supposed to meet the extortionist who stole film from one of the most disgusting films of all time that shows child torture and sexual abuse and making kids eat shit before you murder them. Mm. Yeah. So what do you guys think happened? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feel free to write us in or send us hate mail or death yeah. threats, whatever you want to send us. Kill us. Kill us, please. Well, well Kyle, what do you think happened? Uh, Personally. I do think that the kid was somewhat involved. He was messing around with this guy, but I think he set him up. And I think he knew the people who stole the film. And the people who stole the film weren't uh, big fans. They put him up to do this and play his part. And that's yeah. why he didn't feel that bad about doing life. I Life is too much, probably. I don't know. I don't know the Italian legal system, but maybe life was a little too harsh for this person. But yeah. he didn't give up his co-conspirators. And they, by doing that, you know that it's a bigger uh, conspiratorial kind of group, which has to be the mafia. I do have one clip of... Um Willem Dafoe talking about Pasolini. There's only one I want to play, but it's like a three-minute thing. I'm just going to play it, and then we can talk over it, too. Sure. Well, it uh, deals with the last couple of days in the life of uh, Pierpaolo Pasolini. I like the way he said was, that. Good uh, pronunciation. Pierpaolo Pasolini. <laughs> he's, he's a poet. He's he was a filmmaker. He was. He, he did many things. He was accomplished in, in, in many ways. Um for me, personally, he's someone very important. What this movie doesn't do, it doesn't necessarily describe who he is. It's not a biopic. Yeah. It really you tries that, to Kyle? express now I know. some of his thoughts and some of the things that he Kyle, you know was that? going to do. Kyle's like, shut up. He was murdered. Well, he was so prolific and he was so courageous and he was so accomplished in so many ways. And his importance in Italian culture and Western culture in general is so huge that I felt a certain kind of pressure. Um, pressure. But also, there's a wealth of material. From he the led a very well documented Nobody's looking life. to play Pasolini <laughs> in a movie with what pressure. Lots of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand if you're playing um, like Muhammad Ali so or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. JFK or something, yeah. but Pasolini. Guy yeah. that no one's ever heard of. To inspire me and to learn, to really put myself in his sensibility oh, really? his, his thoughts and uh i don't know if you want to really go there yeah, well i have an imagination about who he was <laughs> that's dark it's even for you bro yeah. describing this guy's life, fucked up probably. wikipedia who he who? was it's not this a guy, tradition oh don't oh, come on i've died more than anyone in cinema i think <laughs> except for pasolini so yeah oh the he's good probably news died is more when than it you. really happens yeah. i'll be well rehearsed let's think about pasolini <laughs> so okay well be, be calm and good with it <laughs> Steve Buscemi's probably. Boy, he's getting dark there. I'm not in a hurry for that to happen.
I think to avoid uh, the most difficult part of making the movie is to avoid all the kind of trappings of a biopic. To we made a scenario that was fact-based from interviews like and, the cutesy and, uh, opening childhood scenes and then the catalyst to their career the dark turn yeah this is all one big dark turn yeah <laughs> but you always get sucked into this the old man makeup at the end feeling of having to account for things but we kept it personal we kept it engaged and we didn't uh we had a very good structure of that last two days so that freed us up but I think that was difficult. Yeah, it's called a script. And also, <laughs> uh, I had these scenes. Uh, All the scene. scenes, yeah. It's not really explicit. And you know, movies really have realized, scenes. But something of a <laughs> yeah, I was acting these a, scenes in the movie. Is he high Boy, here? Or not, yeah. You see? That is I think not, he's just gone um, mentally. An actor. And <laughs> he I seems sure relaxed, though. We're going to prove how gone he is with the last part he talks about. Roman dialect. This is like him talking about one of the most difficult parts of the movie and uh, one of the most tense parts of the movie to make. Okay, we'll listen. Let's hear this is the clip I wanted to Let's play. Let's hear it. I uh, have a scene. It's not really explicit and it's not really realized, but it's something of a seduction with a, a, a Roman boy that is not, that is not um, an actor. And I wasn't sure because he's speaking Roman and I'm speaking Italian. I mean, he's speaking very Roman dialect. I wasn't always sure what he understood and I'm not really sure he understood what was going on. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. So he's saying he thinks this kid didn't read the script and know what was going to happen in this final scene. Like, that was what he was saying was like the most troubling part for him was not knowing if he if this kid knew he was about to try to fuck him. This is a very Pasolini moment. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. is. It, but also, you know, if you're making a movie with Willem Dafoe, he's Oscar nominated actor. Yeah. Obviously, there's some funding there. Like, you can't hire an actor. You can't find an actor anywhere. Or a translator. But, but I think they were going for the Pasolini-esque uh, way of making movies, which is take the locals. Yeah. And use and them. also okay. the cheap way of let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want to honor the John Landis way of filmmaking <laughs> yeah. and use a real helicopter. Yeah, and burn him alive. <laughs> so there was a moment where I was very nervous about betraying his trust by doing things that he didn't know what was going down. But the fact is he knew perfectly well. Oh, he's he fucking uh-huh. can read? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that face. Yeah, he looks very proud of himself. This kid had no That's clue what was going on, but he knew what was going on. Yeah, exactly. On. What? Wait, which he one didn't speak it? a lick of English, and yeah. I don't know Roman, but then at the end, it's like, oh, he knew exactly what was he, going on. We I, talked. I thought he thought I was going to sexually assault him, but he thought he was He fine. seemed scared, trying to run away, but he was, he was having a good time. <laughs> but he ran me over. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He thought we were going to go further. That's yeah. the funny part. He's like, oh, that's all? Huh? He called the police, but he was he was best time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that clip really struck me as um, yeah. Willem Dafoe is kind of a nut. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I, I think Willem Dafoe over there it, with Italy being spoken, he doesn't even know what's going on. Really, he's just kind of like that's an interesting idea, though, to honor the spirit of the person you're making the movie about. What if you're making a movie about Hitler? Like no, we want to honor the spirit. Go. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're making a movie and yeah. it's movie magic. W- would Himmler do it this way? Yeah, Lenny Riefenstahl. <laughs> yeah, I'm making a movie over here. Hey, I'm making a movie. <laughs> called a gas chamber. I called a scene. <laughs> this is the trailer for the movie. Okay. That Willem Dafoe's in. To scandalize oh. is a right, and to be scandalized is a pleasure. Quote from Pasolini. The tragedy is there are no more 
human beings. They're only strange machines colliding into each other. That's the kid who gets arrested. Let me be frank with you. I've been to hell. And I know things that don't disturb other people's dreams. He just speaks in a regular English accent. Everybody else speaks Italian. <laughs> Sounded more like a Defoe accent. Yeah. Don le passeport. J'écris simplement. Oh, not there. Écrivez. Kind of a boring stretch of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a title? Get to the nut crushing. What about we're all in danger? I want to see some tires on faces and nuts. What about we're all in danger? Yeah, Abel Ferrara directed that movie, and him and uh, Willem Dafoe became like the Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg of tragedy porn in Europe. So like, Wait, Willem Dafoe did? Yeah, uh, Abel Ferrara did these films with Willem Dafoe about um, other characters in real life from Europe that Willem wow. Dafoe plays and gets murdered again. That's crazy ah, that he just yeah. became that kind of dude. Yeah, he just had like a few year run with the, this director and um, they did they a few And Abel Ferrara did uh, Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. Hey. He's, he's Italian? No, actually. Oh, he's not? He no, just, he's, he just went uh, in I Italy? think he's from New York. Really? Harvey Keitel? No, yeah. uh, Abel <laughs> yeah. Ferrara. Oh, I don't know. Let me look it up. Okay. Give me one second. Let's see. But yeah, Bad Lieutenant is That's a, wild, a really a wild movie. It's a yes, it's a wild movie. Yeah, he's from the Bronx. Uh yeah. April Ferrara. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Bad Lieutenant is nuts. Yeah. If you like full frontal of Harvey Keitel, and I'm sure there's some people well, he, out there that people might. couldn't get enough of it in the early nineties. He yeah. was constantly yeah, showing his duck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know in the comments how uh Pasolini actually died. Any right? hot takes out? Yeah, if there's any what? any Alejandro hot takes at the end here. Yeah. Well, if you if you a, out a la, there, Alejandro 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 takes. I can't say it. Alejandro Drake coffee cakes. <laughs> um, if you, any of you listeners out there have any hot takes you want to send to us or post anywhere, please let us know. We have an email address: deathandentertainment@gmail.com. Hit us. Send us some hate mail or anything or death threat or whatever you want to do. <laughs> That's it. So final thoughts. He's dead. That man is dead and, um, you know, shit happens. And eat your spaghetti and uh, <laughs> eat your Goodyear tires and all that good stuff. Yeah. I think the lesson here is to love thy brother as long as he's over 18. You know hey, what I mean? Come on, gay. Hello. <laughs> a wee mawak, a wee mawak. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say in Italy? Uh, Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Oh. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Boink. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.